This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Young Gunner. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Ant Wright, your host of the Michigan State of Mind. Um... Thank you for those who tuned into the stream last night. Once again, that was a lot of fun, um, despite Michigan losing. Um, uh, you know, starting to build a nice little community over there, and it's actually nice not tweeting during games because tweeting during uh, games it, it can, you know, you you tend to pay too much attention to you know Twitter and not the game itself and. Being able to engage with you guys like 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 while the game is going on is pretty dope. So thank you for you guys for you know joining in. Uh, for those who haven't even heard of it, um, I stream the games on Mixer, Mixer.com/slash/AntWright. Um, we usually do a really good job. We're usually one of the top streams on the website whenever we are on and uh i'll continue to branch out as much as you guys are interested like like i plan on having like a like an nba 80s viewing where i'm sitting there just you know talking about the main differences between you know modern hoops and old hoops and i'll bring you back some nostalgia while at the same time i want you guys to see where i come from you know when, you know, sometimes I do go overboard with calling, you know, certain basketball trash, but um, but just kind of, you know, see my mindset on things. I know where your mindset is at. You know, those were the first ones to, you know, do it and they changed the game forever. But in in, in, in retrospect to you know, where the game is today, um, just explaining, you know, what worked, what would not work. That would be a lot of fun. So let me know if that will be something of interest to you guys. And if, um, you know, cause a lot of people have requested that I start the stream about 20, 30 minutes earlier, uh, just so we go over like scouting and we can kind of like talk, talk about things, maybe go over film. Um, people have brought that up and I may, you know, I may start doing that and that should be a lot of fun. So, Tough loss last night. I believe the score was, was it 72-81 or 71-62 or something like that? Um, tough loss. Tough, tough loss. And I and it's a tough loss because, you know, you know, being 8-2 and two right now, being 8-2 and two right now, before before the season started, and if you were to tell me 10, you know, 10 games in, Michigan would be eight and two. I would have been like, 
like really, you know, seeing who Michigan has to play, um, they would, they've made, they've adjusted a lot of expectations. Um, and all the issues that have come up are all fixable. So people are kind of panicking about things. And uh, I see a lot of trash talk about Franz Wagner. Uh, <laughs> chill out. His first games have been against all power conferences. Every single game has been against a power conference. His first game was against Iowa State. Then he plays North Carolina. Then Gonzaga. Then Louisville. Then Iowa. Then Illinois. Then he's going to play Oregon, probably one of the best defensive teams right now in the country. He wasn't able to get his feet wet against Saginaw Valley and App State and Creighton and Elon and Houston Baptist. So get off his tip. He is super talented. He's going to shut up a lot of people. I've already saved receipts, so you could bleed them if you want. I got them all. Um, Duke can hoop. Duke can play. He's a true freshman. There was a lot of hype coming in about him. So I do get your frustration, but at the same time, understand that he is coming off of a wrist injury to his shooting hand. Like, that is one of the worst injuries you can get in hoops. And for him to be back and for him to be as good as he is defensively, I'm sure he's just as good, if not better, when he gets his feet up under him offensively. And, you know, I can't wait until they go, until they play Presbyterian and Massachusetts Lowell, because that's going to give him, like, you know, you're no longer playing those high major teams. You can, you know, have less pressure, play the smaller schools, get your feet together. And then after that, you know, it's 100% all Big Ten play. And you're kicking off against Michigan State and Purdue back to back. So he'll be ready to go. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Um, yeah, so back to the game, all of these issues are fixable. Um, and it's not about them losing, it's how they're losing. Like, if they were getting outclassed, when I mean outclassed, what I mean outclassed is, for example, the 2018 National Championship game, Michigan versus that Villanova team, that Villanova team was not losing. They were not losing that game. They were too good, six, seven deep. I mean, you have guys averaging at least ten. You had about five. You got had about five pros in that top six. Really good ball players. Really, really good ball players, man. They were not losing that game. That's just some. That's that's called being outclassed. This Michigan team has not been outclassed this year. They were not outclassed by Louisville. They were not outclassed by Illinois, meaning they didn't get on the court and they were playing such a superior team that that they didn't have a shot to win. Um, both just, hap- just happened to be on the road, but both losses were preventable, and they looked like a mirror amongst themselves. Illinois looked less of a mirror because Illinois just you know simply is not as good as Louisville, um, but the but the but the two games, like I would say about about ten minutes into, no no no, no 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 no. I'll say once the second half hit, like you saw, you saw the Louisville game. That's pretty much what that was, and. Um, 
I've I've had about, you know, I've had, you know, about 10, 12 hours to really, you know, think about it. And I rewatched the game and um, I have five points from that game, all super fixable, all super fixable. Um, and I think if you look at these five points, the way that I'm looking at these five points, uh, I think that you will find that one, it is fixable. Two, it's not time to panic. Three, yes, they could be as good. They could be as good as you think they can be. I'm talking about ceiling as a Final Four national championship team. At the same time, as high as their ceiling can be, their floor is really, really low. Um, and you can get that Illinois and Louisville game not only on the road moving forward, but you may also start seeing that at home unless these five points um, are fixed. Point number one, first point is going to be Isaiah Levers. Um, Michigan's not going to win many games this year if Isaiah Levers only has six shot attempts. Attempts. Six shot attempts. Not only that, he, he didn't have a lot of touches. Like, you have to find a way to get your best player the basketball. This guy is one of the top shooters in the country right now from the field and from three. In the game, he shot like 66. He was four for six, two for three from three on limited touches. You like Michigan has to find a way to get him the basketball. They need to run more screens for him. At the same time, Livers has to be hungry and hunt his shots because he's that type of player. Then late in the game, he rises up to shoot it, and he passes the ball to Simpson. When he did that, like I gasped. I was like, no, he did not just do that. You're one of the best shooters. You have to be more aggressive. You have to hunt your shot. You cannot allow a team, a team like that, to limit your touches. And then, because you don't have a lot of touches, other aspects were impacted. 37 minutes, 6'7, 200 something pounds, you know, one rebound against the against an Illinois team where you have to rebound. Illinois came into this game number six in the country in rebounding, number 11th in the country in offensive rebounding. So that right there, like like Isaiah has to, like he can't let touches impact other aspects of his game. Because if he's impacted, the whole team is impacted because they rely on him so much. Like, this is one of the reasons why I called, you know, Jordan Nwora is a more, is a better and more polished version of Isaiah Livers. No disrespect to Isaiah. But Jordan Nwora is getting eight or nine rebounds last night. He averages seven and a half on the season. But he'll get you one or two more knowing, knowing that's where Illinois feasts and thrives. So only six shots, limited touches. I get that. I get that. He gets that. 
you can't let that impact your game because that impacts your game that impacts everybody else's game. And Michigan can't afford that. All right, and then we got uh, point number two. The substitution patterns and weird random lineups. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how there's times when Brooks is running the point and neither DeJulius or Simpson are in foul trouble. I don't get that. I don't understand that. Uh, I saw some weird lineups. I mean, it was like Brooks, Nunez. Like Bogner, like Castleton, and like Johns or something. Uh, very strange lineup for on the road, man. Uh, very very strange lineup. Um, like I just, I just, I just don't understand. And last night was actually one of the first times where. I would, you know, I would not have minded them playing Davis over Castleton just for not even for offense, just just have a defensive body who really doesn't care about who they're going up against because they're just going to give it their all. And Davis has to be like that's a big boy. He's like two sixty, two two fifty minimum. Like that is a big boy. I'm not saying that he would have he would have totally shut out Kofi and I'm not saying he would have rebounded all you know every single loose ball but some of the things that you know happened to Castleton you know really wasn't Castleton's fault. I mean he's going up against you know he's like 80 90 pounds lighter than Kofi. Kofi was doing whatever he wanted. When Calston was on the court, I wish I could see the plus minus on that. Um, because he could do pretty much whatever he wanted to do. And in nine minutes, you know, Calston registers registers one rebound. That's you know, and then Johns plays eight minutes, only eight minutes. He was a little bit aggressive with his jump shot. You really want him to, you know, attack off the bounce and get to the rim, you know, get the trash buckets, get your hustle points, get on the ground, because that's how he's earned his minutes. But he played eight minutes last night. Guess who was the second highest rebounder? Brandon Johns. He was tied with Simpson. Just some very weird lineups, and um, and I I do believe it's the staff still still you know trying to find you know who's going to work where, but when Michigan has been down, uh, they they haven't shown a lot of resilience um, in the second half, and that goes for that goes for everyone. That goes for the guys, the players. I'm starting to see a little bit of hint of last year of you know, who wants the ball. Like I gasped when Livers rose up to shoot it and he passed it to the left to Simpson. It's bad when I said it. It's even even worse when it gets repeated by Robbie Hummel eight seconds later. 
Usually when two people say the same thing who aren't attached, it's usually true or there's some truth to it. Just really weird sub patterns, no consistency with it, super random lineups, like lineups that aren't really fit for rebounding or scoring when you're on the road and you need to rebound and you need and you can't go on scoring lulls when you're in a hostile environment. Um, but once again, that's another point. That's an easy fix. But sitting the whole sitting two point guards thing, you can't sit. Don't sit your first and second string point guard for your starting shooting guard, who is now basically your third string point guard, when there is no foul trouble. I didn't understand that whatsoever. Whatsoever. But second point, it can be fixed. Third point. Third point. Super tight butt cheeks on the play calling. It's the second role game it's happened. This is also an easy fix. You have talented, successful upperclassmen. You can have quick hitters and movement and try to score throughout the clock, but you can't just go top ball screen with your two worst shooters and expect success. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, had a long day at work, sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. Uh, the kids got me tired. Um, we have to run around all day, just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With the real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED. That's erectile dysfunction for the ones who don't know what ED is. All from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate. Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Like the only two guys who really aren't shooting off the bounce or off a crossover, and but you're going to spot up Brooks, who can shoot off the bounce, DeJulius, who can shoot off the bounce, Livers, who can shoot off the bounce, you're going to have your three best shooters spotting up. I understand from a spacing standpoint that works, but if you're spacing like that and you're not moving, you have five, you pretty much have five guys guarding two. And the way that they were guarding Simpson, they turned they turned Simpson into a scorer. Score mentality Simpson is not the best Simpson. Past first Simpson 
with the ability to score is the best Simpson out there. Pass first Simpson with the ability to score is a top 10 point guard in the country. A score first Simpson is not a top 10 point guard in the country. Illinois, they pretty much said, let Simpson go to work. We're going to guard everybody else. Let Simpson go to work. Let him do his thing. If he drops 20, it doesn't matter. If he drops 20, whatever. Because if he's if he's getting up all these shots, and if he is your, you know, if he's your leading shot taker, which he was, if he's the leading shot taker, that means that your best shooters aren't shooting. Yes, he's shooting 57% from the field, 43% from three, but that 43% is at a, you know, he's not like it's not like he's he's shooting six or seven threes. He's done a very good job in terms of efficiency, uh, shooting about two to three threes per game, which is right around where where it should be. And he shoots at such a high clip because his twos aren't these mid-range jumpers. They're layups, and it's his hook shot. Both very, very high-level shots. And, I, and I'm interested to see what his shot percentage looks like on shots that don't get blocked. It's probably up by it's probably up at like 70-80%. But they turned they turned score, they turned him from a passer into a score, and that hurt everyone. It's it especially hurt Livers. But then you saw when Brooks was coming off of that, was coming off of that um pick and roll. When he got to about 18 feet, he pulled up and it looked good. But that's but that's not Simpson's game. Super tight play calling. Michigan needs more movement, man. They need more movement, more quick hitters throughout. Like you can still score while moving. Like you saw in Iowa. Like they were doing great pin downs. They were moving the ball. They were cutting the right way. They were making the right pass. They were playing fast and under control. They can still do that on the road. It's still a basketball court. You know, it's a basketball court with the same exact measurements. The hoop is the same height. Only difference is you're playing in a in a different city in a different arena. That's the only difference. But moving forward, that's fine. That's fixable. But there needs to be more pre-movement to expect success. Point number four. You know, Michigan allowed one made three and lost by nine. That is that is incredible. What's also incredible is that Louisville only made four threes. And that game, you know, was a 15-point low-scoring game. And that comes back to the offense. But at the same time, like, if you if you only allow one made three in today's game, you should win every basketball game. 
I don't care who you're playing. If you give up one made three, you should win that basketball game. But it was so lopsided on the inside, they made up for it. Like, they were one for 11. They shot 9% from distance. Going in, I said the scout was they only have one shooter, and that one shooter went like 0 for 4. The dude who made the shot isn't really like a three-point shooter. The points on the paint was a killer. Just bullied over and over. Offensive rebounds, they're number 11 in the country coming in and just allowed Illinois to do exactly what they do to win games. And that's get to the paint, score. If you miss it, get the offensive rebound and put it back in. Our guarding, our on-the-ball guarding, it, it was abysmal as well, too. You have to guard your yard. Guard your yard means you have to guard three feet to the right, three feet to the left. If you do your job and make them go outside of that yard, you will have help defense. Or you've arced them so much, it runs them right into traffic or out of bounds. On the bar guarding has to be a lot better. The, the points allowed in the paint, you know, it, it goes back to, you know, should they have played Davis more? I even, I've, I believe I said that in like the first half. I was like, I was like, you know what? Like, I wouldn't be mad and I would not be surprised if they went ahead and played Austin Davis in this game. Because if you're getting bullied like that on the defensive end, you need to go to work on the other end. Like, if you were having, if, like, Mo was having issues with the big men on the defensive end, but you can, <laughs> you best believe Mo was giving you the business on the other end. So it kind of, you know, neutraled out. So it was just a bump. But if you're getting abused defensively and not abusing them offensively, that's, <clears throat> that just can't happen. If Davis comes in, maybe he neutralizes some, he gets some rebounds, and he throws his body around. Rest assured that he probably is not going to give you anything offensively, but it's a little bit neutraled out. You know what I mean? And now I'm taking Michigan's guards over Illinois' guards seven days a week, twice on Sundays, man. Fixable issue. Fixable issue. You know, know when to go to Castleton. Know when to go to the finesse big. Know when to go to your big brute. And that's your and that's your Davis. Which is crazy, you know? Which is crazy to even talk about Davis. But he has shown. He has shown that if need be, he can be called upon and trusted. Like, he's going to go in there, he's going to make his layups, and he's going to play really hard on defense. And that's a big boy, too. So, got to guard better. Can't get bullied. Got to know which type of big is best for this type of game. Like, next game, 
Austin Davis probably can't play because Oregon has some very versatile big dudes. This past game with that seven foot two ninety dude, that game was perfect for Austin Davis. Once again, fixable issue moving forward. Fifth point. I've I've talked about this before, but the concepts on the offensive end are so basic. It is too easy to scout. I said before that there needs to be more movement, but there really needs to be more layers, more counters, um, more counters, more quick hitters, more action. It needs more layers. Right now, it's very floor level in terms of com- complexity. I'm not sitting here saying do a John Beeline 4D chess. I am not saying that whatsoever, but you're playing in – the best defensive conference, in my opinion. They don't play defense like this in the ACC. They don't play defense like this in the in the uh, Big 12. They don't play defense like this in the uh, Southeastern. They don't play defense like this in the Pac-12. They don't play defense like this, man. And these are some really smart coaches. To have a basic offense with with got with you know with upperclassmen successful talented players you got to make it a little bit more complex even if it's just complex enough so you know that you can get livers in a scoring in his scoring spot just enough to where you're not dancing with the ball at the top of the key in the middle third of the basketball court for 10 to 12 seconds just enough movement where you're getting Eli Brooks, you know, you know, getting him looks off the bounce, getting him looks to get his floater up. Because the more movement there is, the less the five guys on defense can dial in to what you're doing. You got to get your best players the ball in their spot. Fixable. What they're doing right now is – you know, is really, really basic, but you can easily add in one or two layers of counters. You know, one or two layers of things that you can do if a team starts doing something. But right now, the scout is way too easy. Teams are now getting two, three, four, five days to look at you. It was different in the battle for Atlantis. I mean, the Iowa State game was, you know, three-possession game. But after that, you're playing UNC with the young team. UNC just played Alabama the the, uh, day before. How much scouting did they really do for Michigan? And then you play a Gonzaga team who just had, like, a a crazy game against Oregon the day the the, – the night prior, they go into overtime. They have like a 19, 20 hour turnaround. Say they sleep for eight of it. I mean, you know, and they're not. And they're not, you know, scouting over the course of 12 hours because that's that's ludicrous. The coaches are scrambling on what to do. 
The players are looking at what to do. They're trying to understand what's going on. They need to work on themselves and get better. You have one-day turnaround. This is different than the Battle for Atlantis. Battle for Atlantis, Michigan had a huge advantage over everyone. Because they've gone deep in the NCAA tournament. They have four guys who have played in a national championship. Then they've gone to, you know, they have guys who have gone to a Sweet 16. You know, they've got the experience. They've got the talent. Now teams have some time to scout, and it's a really basic offense right now. You can't let one little defensive scheme totally blow you up. That can't happen, dude. That can't happen. Michigan is way too good. They are way too talented. Way too much experience to let that happen. But it is fixable. You can add a layer or two. Very, very fixable. Those are my five points moving forward. Uh, If they address these, I think we're going to start seeing a team that looks like a national contender. Okay, so those were the five points. Let's let's uh, shift gears here. Let's go right to the mailbag. I saw a lot of questions here, so let's uh, get on that. Austin McBee, McBizzle24. Uh, at this point, do you think Franz or Johns has a better chance of breaking out? I think equally they have a sh- they they have a shot, but if my money is on it, I think Franz has a much better shot because even though he's been a bit off. He hasn't really lost his aggressiveness, which I like because he knows. He knows the type of player he is, and that's why I can't wait till the Presbyterian and UMass Lowell games for him to really get his feet up under him. Johns, I mean, Johns can have a breakout as well too, but I think Johns is going to be like probably like one year away from really getting into it offensively. Good question. Another question here from Anthony Huey. At Huey24, how can they get Livers more looks from three? Such a good shooter, but doesn't take nearly enough. Uh, I touched on this several times uh, in this pod, but just to reiterate, um, they have to get him more looks because, I mean, what's happening is he'll get denied once, and then he'll stop hunting his shot. So it's a little bit on him, too. On top of that is are the coaches allowing him to really hunt his shot? Or is he just looking at the first quick hitter, not getting it, and then goes standing in a in a corner somewhere? So I think with more movement, um, more pre-movement, as you're doing your quick hitters, I think you're going to find where Livers doesn't only get one opportunity to get off a shot. You're going to see maybe three, you know, three, maybe four opportunities over a 30-second shot clock. Um I think if they start doing that, you'll see Liver start to get not just touches, but scoring touches. It's one thing to touch the ball, but if 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 it's not a scoring touch, like it doesn't really do anything. Okay, next question from Michigan Cross Country Speed Ratings. Um, thought the game got away from Michigan when they allowed 20 plus points in the first 10 minutes of the second half. Anything Illinois did, or were they just making shots? Uh, Illinois was getting second chance opportunities. 
Michigan really wasn't doing a good job of guarding their man either. Um, if it was a blow by, there was a dish off. Um, there were some bad fouls in there in the second half too. I mean, Illinois got in the bonus with like 10 minutes left. Um, for a team that's really used to not fouling all that much, uh, that was not a positive sign. And then when Michigan was clawing back, like they were they were clawing back. Every time Michigan hit a big shot to cut it, Illinois would score on that possession. Like after the dude like punched the referee, like there was a like a seven, eight, nine oh run in there or something. And um and that like it was like an eight oh run and they just and they just they just cut into the lead. Four-point game, DeJulius has the ball, he jab steps, he shoots it, because he had made, I think, his previous two or three shots. Um, That was one of those, a little bit of a hero shot, but you got to have the gonads to take and make that shot. So was it a good shot? No. But do I mind it? Also no. It's better than a a turnover. And he was failing it? Whatever. It's a sophomore. Um, what Illinois did was they got to the paint relentlessly. They got to the paint, to the paint, to the paint. That's how you get in the bonus in the first 10 minutes is you get to the paint. They either got to the paint and scored or they got to the paint and got fouled. Either or. Both, you know, and both things are positive for them. And, you know, and they had a, and they pretty much owned the possession game too, man. But it wasn't just about you know Michigan missing or making shots. It was more so like defensively, Illinois, like pretty much had their way with us on the uh, on Michigan's defensive end. All right, question here from Robert Schultz at Schultz underscore E. Offensive execution aside, what effect is having four fouls called combined in the first half to having? Um, Illinois shooting free throws with 13 minutes to go in the second half have on players. Basically, how hard is it to adjust to refs that don't call much to start, then start calling it tight? Well, in the first half, uh, they didn't, you know, they did let some stuff go. But in the second half, you're on, you know, Underwood is, is in front of his offense now. So he's calling more sets. He's getting more complicated in his plays. Therefore, they're able to turn the corner and get to the paint a little bit better and get better and get better leverage. They were super aggressive in that second half, and they and they got the whistle. Guys have got to guard their yard, man. Um, I don't think they called it much differently. I just think that Illinois turned it up and they got a little bit more complex with their offense, which really hurt Michigan. Kent Peterson at Kent Tweederson. Asked, will the winner of the Big Ten regular season have over or under four and a half conference losses? Over. Over, 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 over. Question by Gold Member 2 at Gold Member 2. I like that we play faster, but I'm concerned with the spike in turnovers and carelessness with the ball. I see the normally sure handed Z making more mistakes and going so fast it feels out of control. Are they just adjusting to new freedom, or am I right to be concerned? You do have a right to be concerned, but I think you're concerned about the wrong thing. Um, I yes, the turnovers are uh, you know you know more than what they have been in the past. 
Um, but like, but like this past game against Illinois, uh, they only had eight turnovers, which was really really good. Uh, the issue was there was twelve assists on twenty seven makes. Uh, that that to me is more alarming. Uh, that means that guys aren't really getting open with the pass. They're getting open with with ISO and solo play, whether it's ISO getting a layup or they're getting like an offensive rebound or they're dribbling enough where it can't be registered as an assist. I think that's more of a concern uh, than anything else. The turnovers are going are gonna to suck, but I think as time goes, I think that'll that's it's it's not going to go back to the, to the way it was just from them playing faster this year. Like pace-wise, last year they were around 66 possessions per. This year they're around 73, 74 possessions per. So they're playing a little bit faster. So that automatically you're going to have more turnovers. You're seeing a little bit more sloppy turnovers, some sloppy play. Um, but Beeline, like, was <laughs> – he almost handcuffed some guys because he was so anal about turnovers. Um, with Jawan, I think Jawan is allowing guys to kind of play with themselves, play basketball, have fun, do your thing. I get it. You're going to turn it, turn it over, but play through it because your talent and your ability will make up for it more than a couple of extra turnovers. So I do get it from that regard. Um, but don't expect it to go back to the way it's been the last 12 years. Uh, but I will be more concerned about 12 assists on uh, uh, 27 makes. Question from uh, Joshua at J2Smooth underscore. Please note, uh, because if if I don't read your question, I feel like I've answered it so many times throughout the podcast that it'll be just redundant just repeating myself. So sorry if I skipped over yours. Uh, but at J2Smooth underscore, in my opinion, need a guy like Josh Christopher. If I could just go get a bucket when the offense is stalling like last night. What are your thoughts on Christopher and Michigan's chance to land him? Feel like Livers could fill that role uh, for the, the time being if we ran more through him. Thoughts? Josh Christopher, I've said this from the start. He's going to go to UCLA or Arizona State. Like that's just what I've said from the start. In terms of getting a bucket, totally agree. Totally agree. And I think David DeJulius is the one dude that can that can be that guy because he can make him because he can break you down with a screen or without a screen. He just needs to get the leash and handcuffs off of him so he can go out and just do his thing. The only issue with that now is now is Simpson gonna be in the game or not? If Simpson's in the game, it's going to hurt a lot, a lot of the spacing. So who knows? But I would like them to run some more stuff for David. For Livers, I don't think he's there yet in takeover mode. I just don't think he's capable as of yet. When Franz gets his feet and legs up under him, I think he can be that guy because he has the attitude to be. Uh, but him and David, um, those two guys have the ability – to, to just break you down off the bounce. Uh, I'm, I'm not calling him Trey Burke at all, but, uh, but, his, but his bounce and his pop, uh, he can create for himself without a ball screen. And I think that's what they – you're right. I think they do need a guy like that when the defense 
is holding you tight. You just need to give the ball to that one guy. And you're saying, hey, you, go be better than whoever's guarding you. I agree. And the last question here from uh, Midnight Maze, at Midnight Maze. Where was the hell defense last night? Felt like everyone was just on an island. Why wouldn't um, why wouldn't you just sag and pack it in a bit? Dare them to make shots. Um, two things. So the help defense. There's not a lot of help defense if the primary defender isn't guarding their yard. If that's a blow by, help defense. Like it's really hard for them to get there. That's one. Because remember, if you guard your yard, if you guard your yard, you can force the guy in front of you to go into traffic or into your help D, right? If you don't guard your yard, it's a blow-by. Nobody is playing defense directly behind you. That's just not how spacing works in basketball. So guys have to do much better on the ball for there to be for there to even be help. That's one. Um, sag off and pack it in a bit. Dare them to make shots. The issue with that, the issue with that is if you, is if you sag, they're not just going to start jacking up shots. What they're going to do is they're going to just like, they're going to now get another three, four, three. If, if, if my dog barks, I'm sorry. They're going to get another three or four, five feet head of steam, and they're going to blow past you even faster. So just because you're back doesn't mean that that's going to coax them into shooting the ball. They know who they are. Outside of Trent Frazier, maybe Desumu, they were going to still blow past you. You being somewhat on them, it prevents them from you know getting that that extra head of steam to blow past. But, you know, in in theory, yes, it sounds good, but at that level, you can't really give too much space because then you're just setting yourself up to just get obliterated by a dude going left or right and and you sagging off, you're 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 giving him the ability to hit you with two or three combos over the course of 5 or 6 feet. I mean, as a as a defender, you're pretty much barbecue chicken, man. So thank you guys for listening in. I really appreciate it. Um, like I said, those five points, all fixable issues. You know, livers um, is one of the points. The sub patterns, another point. Third point is going to be the tight play calling and you know, oversimplifying things. The fourth point is um, you know you gotta guard the ball better, you gotta control the paint. The fifth thing is you know the the super basic offense is easy to scout. We need to add few a couple more layers just just to make it a little bit more complex. Nothing crazy though, nothing crazy. Right now we're playing war. Um, we're playing war. You know it's okay to play checkers. Not even chess or, or you know, 40 chess, but, but you know, let's add a couple layers to it and they'll be all right. As you guys know, per usual, SeatGeek app, download the app, go on the website, your first purchase, you save $20 off of any event, game, or concert if you use my promo code 
Ant Wright. That's A-N-T-W-R-I-G-H-T. Use my promo code Ant Wright. You will save $20 on any purchase. Well, not any purchase. Your first purchase of any concert ticket, event, any game. It's NBA season. It's NHL season. It's college basketball season. We got bowl season coming up. It's Christmas time. Buy something for your significant other or for yourself to have a great time. I'll talk to you all soon.